Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there <laughs> getting to do the thing. And this morning I'm joined by Joanna Chudy. Good morning, Joanna. Thanks for having me. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. Last I was in it was Mother's Day, so... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're just hitting all the big yep, days, yep. eh? Yeah, all the holidays. <laughs> all <laughs> the holidays. <laughs> big, big holidays. <laughs> nice, nice. It'll be here on Christmas Day for sure. Yeah, then. okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's talk Christmas gifts. Christmas just Opening not your presents with January 2nd. Merle and Joanna <laughs> in the morning. There you go. <laughs> yeah. This is a present today. Absolutely. Beautiful sunny Sunday, right? Isn't it gorgeous out there? Yeah. Yesterday, so pretty. Today, this is really nice. Not a cloud in the sky. Mm-hmm. And just a reminder, Joanna is our uh, landscape designer coordinator. So if you have any ideas, you're looking to landscape your house, if you have an older home, new home, Joanna will come in and give you yeah. all those great ideas. Absolutely. And uh, it's kind of, we have a great design team, and a lot of it starts mm-hmm. with Joanna. She goes out and meets with the clients and gets the ideas, mm-hmm. do some sketches. Then it goes to our design department. They do the AutoCAD, the full 3D drawings, if necessary, yep. if we go to that step. Absolutely. It's so nice to um, have people know about the Garden Center and then to follow up with landscape services. I let people know whether it's outdoor woodwork, paving stones, whatever your project is, we cover it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and that's it. but it's so good before you start a landscape project. If you're looking at landscaping your house, getting a plan together is because yeah. then it sets your budget. You can take all the proper measurements. You're ordering the right amount of material. You can phase your project nicely that way. I think a lot of people just sort of so let's wing it. Like okay, we got the idea. Let's go for it. But that plan is really nice, not only for our clients but for us as well. It's got all our takeoffs, and it's just that great little visual that helps everybody know. What, where we're at with the project, and then if they need to span it out across a few years, then we can, you know, that plan really helps with that. Absolutely, and we've changed our process a bit. We've added Joanna, you were with yep. us a couple years ago, yep. but you were doing the whole thing almost coordinating. Yeah, then. it was a lot of juggling, but it's fun. This is, I tell people, you know, they said, oh, who am I going to have my consultation with? And I'm like, me. <laughs> awesome. This is my passion. I live and breathe this stuff. I love it. And then it goes, and then we've added Alistair and Kim. Yep, and they're amazing. They, I tell them all the time that they spoil me. So they're our team that not only puts together really fantastic visuals and design work, 3D design, 2D stuff, but they're helping me with quotes. And, you know, this time of year is like, my analogy is it's like we're swimming in whitewater rapids. It's so busy. <laughs> we have so much interest coming in, and it's so great. We love it. We'll take it all, and it's great to have a solid team. Yeah, and then it goes to Shane and Scott mm-hmm. and the rest of the crew. Yep. And, and they really enjoy, I've heard so much feedback from the crew that when they get those plans, they know what they're doing. Yeah, They're easy so to clear. read. They yep. they can measure off the house. This pathway is supposed to be here. This is there. Yep, layout's there. Plant selection is there. Um, clients come through with me and we pick out all the materials that they want put down, what kind of paving stones, um, all the details on construction. They confirm. Uh, we pick out trees it's really fun and then awesome. the crew has all that info and it goes in easy peasy you know and we we found it and, and obviously there's always the, we've had some challenges over the years and but we've realized and try and make changes as you yep. grow a company what you need more and you can't be everything to everybody yeah and we've really sure. expanded our we have a good set of processes to try and get people because it is such a short season it is and fast you have to and be furious. <laughs> yeah. it's very fast and furious so yeah Anyways, it's uh, so if you're looking at doing any of that uh, landscaping stuff or consults on your yard, 
um, give us a call and Joanna will be more than happy to come out and uh, and have a look. We had a few texts already and Kendra texted in early and she was uh, my fiance and I just moved into our dream home half acre in Calgary. Sounds awesome. Yeah, amazing. Problem is our lawn is is not a dream. Oh no. The grass is very sparse and thin. What can we do to spruce it up? Love that. Not involve mm-hmm. resodding. Grass is pretty easy for the most part. Really yeah. um um, I wish I would have taken a picture of the house I just we moved into in Cranston. Um, it was very poorly looked after backyard. Okay. And so I gave it an extra shot of the green it up fertilizer. Yeah. And I just turned my irrigation on for the first time two days ago. Really? Because just with the oh, spring like, rain and yeah, the fertilizer, yeah. it, it kicked in. What? And there was enough in there just to really get it going. I, I just wanted to see how long it would take before I, bet I really... it was starving for that. Absolutely. Right? Like it was just so ready to have a good shot of fertilizer. And I wanted to test, because I talk about drought tolerancy and things yep. like that. So I wanted to see how long it would go. And we haven't had tons of rain, but we've had enough. But decent. I was really, I just started noticing a couple drier spots. So mm-hmm. that's going all of May and June without turning on my irrigation. So, or half of June. So that that's pretty good. And watered yep. a couple of times and greens back up. But really, so Kendra, what I'd really recommend is is just if it's level or not, if you have some wavy areas, we can fill in some spots, maybe add a bit of seed. Um, I'm testing out, and this is going to be a really good product. It's um, I did it on my yard, and it's a hemp product. And it's going to help probably replace peat moss in a way if we if it mm. really gets i'm testing on a couple things and uh, it's something that we're gonna bring in and add to soil and things like that it's like a soil conditioner absolutely so it'll help hold moisture it'll yeah. help sort and of- it has a nitrogen in it which is different oh, right from on. a lot of the other ones so it'll yeah. add some growth so i've did my bare patch i had a couple of spots that were still bare um from the previous everything else is so green around it but i just had a couple of bigger bare patches so i laid down some of the hemp and I nice. put the grass seed in it, and uh, so I'm hoping I'm going to keep that uh, everyone posted well, on how that goes. Maybe and, Kendra can try that down the line. Yeah, but really what I would do, Kendra, is is make sure any of those things that you have your basics, um, I would hit it with our Green It Up fertilizer and do a crisscross. Like, just figure out how many square feet you got, get the right amount of fertilizer, but then set the dial less than what you would normally do and go over it two or three times. I always like to go two or three different ways, like crisscross, zigzag, or whatever, just because that way you get a really good coverage. And if you put it right at the total setting right from the start, a lot of times if you're not 100% or it depends how fast you're walking, by the time you get to the end of it, yeah. you're almost out of fertilizer and you start yeah. speeding up and then you got to go. You can uh, tell where it, your thin spots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, I like to go over it a couple times and then just a, a little bit of water to get going. Right now, today, tomorrow would be a great time to get your fertilizer on for anybody else. And if you did your early spring application, you're pretty much getting ready for the second application right about now. And uh, we're supposed to get a bunch of rain yep. coming up this It'll week be cool so be ideal time these next couple of days Kendra go get, get your green up fertilizer get that onto your grass and you'll be amazed at how fast that stuff will work and get in there and get the roots going and things like that so looking forward to that and we got another one from Cheryl good morning Merle love your show we love doing it as well, and I always yeah. like when I get uh, guests in and, and people that come help me out here as awesome well. Co-host. Joanna, exactly, just <laughs> exactly, just saying. Um, uh, it says, "Love you." I purchased a two hundred seventy-five centimeter columnar caliper columnar Colorado spruce. Awesome. I haven't planted tomorrow by the Planted Up Division. 
and want to make sure my new tree has its best start possible. So I'm wondering what measures I need to take once the tree is planted to ensure it thrives. And this is the biggest thing I've seen with that last heat wave we've had the last couple of weeks, people bringing in potentillas and hydrangeas, a couple of those ones that... Mm -hmm. They just they turn brown and, and I, I feel bad when yeah. he goes. It just turned brown in my car. I was, well, uh, I don't know if that typically will happen. Like it, it dried out and yeah. it's okay. They it, need lots of water, especially, especially trees, right? Yeah, New especially trees. when you firstly planted something because you're taking this ball and you stick it in. And when you go, well, I got an irrigation system that only waters the top inch or yeah. two of of it's like soil. A sip. You need to get right yeah. down to the the deepest part of that root ball, so full deep watering and. Or like the analogy I give folks is just a like a leaky faucet. You want yep. your hose to just drip, drip, drip. So even if you have irrigation, keep your irrigation running. If it's not drip irrigation, um, just run your hose out there and just, again, let it drip, drip, drip like that. Maybe a new tree, probably about an hour. Yeah, you even know, on the newly planted, if this is a big caliper and that's a fairly big root ball in there, yeah. I would probably even go four or five hours, just a slow trickle, mm-hmm. just to get that whole root ball nice and wet all the way down to the bottom. So you're not wasting any water. Like, don't let it run all over the place, just so it's barely coming out of the hose, good little, just a tiny little dribble, and just let it soak in nice and slow, get that whole root ball. And you want to do that about once a week. And then you'd also want to fertilize that with either 105210 would be a great one to get going with it. And uh, you'd be totally, totally happy with it. Yep. It's, it. That should get you going. But this at least once a week on your evergreen like that, good, slow, deep watering, and uh, you'll be set. Nice. Yeah. Good to hear people are planting trees. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we had a few. And I'm not sure what's up with that one picture. It looks like it's just starting to come out. That looks like an Ohio Buckeye. It does. But I'm um, not sure. Is there a question to go with that, if you can see that? But right now I'm going to go to the phone line, if you can... Figure out that one text and see if sure. there's anything. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. How are you, Merle? Good, good. How can we help good. you? So my question is, I've always had a company fertilize my lawn, yep. and I am going to attempt to take that over. I've bought a spreader. I did fertilize my lawn on Thursday, okay. and a company fertilized it early in the spring. But I would like to know what the protocol is when should i fertilize how much should i fertilize you know so um, what are the rules? So typically what we have is our, like our green it up fertilizer. We have a spring application, which is, is one rate and it's so many uh, kilograms per, like a, one of our big bags will cover 3000 square feet in the springtime. And then in the summer application, you cut it down by a third and then the fall application it cuts down by another third. So you do less, less, and less as you go through the season. Okay. And typically it's a three application throughout the season. And the big difference between our fertilizer and the stuff that you've seen in the box stores or the guys that are using the liquid fertilizer is ours is a granular, slow release. And the biggest thing is the middle number. And and it's very similar to some of the golf course blends that they use as well because you want you have high traffic, less water. So what this fertilizer does is it builds up the root system. So it gets it down nice and deep so it becomes way more drought tolerant. The typical fertilizer is like a 3204, and it gets it nice and green, but there's no root system mm-hmm. because there's zero for the roots. 
So that's okay. where that's the big difference. So you you should notice a fairly big difference when you switch over. And I'm not sure if you're using our fertilizer or what you what you bought to do it yourself. No, I actually, you know what? It was funny. I I had a bucket in the garage that I had been given. I had been given probably ten years ago. Well, when I opened it up, it was funny. It was weed and feed. So that's how old that. Okay, is. don't use that though. Okay, or okay. I, I just wouldn't use it if it's the real weed and feed. Because what it is is that has the pesticide or the herbicide right in the, and if you use it, it can it, it gets into the roots of the trees and stuff. That's sort of why it's been taken off the market as well. Right, right. And because a lot of people, you have to use that drop fertilizer spreader and just get it on your grass. But I just I never really liked it because it 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 drops that herbicide and then your trees and shrubs and everything mm-hmm. else are sucking that up. So. Right, exactly. So no, my plan is to get down to your awesome. To your center, because uh, you you have convinced me that that is. <laughs> you're that drinking, is now you're need... drinking the Kool Aid. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Awesome. So so yes. Okay. So. Um, I, and I, and those are some of the things, and, and some of the box stores have, they, they, there's a misleading brand out there right now, too. It says weed and feed, and what it is, it's corn gluten, mm-hmm. and so it's a pre-emergent, so it stops right. things from reseeding, but it also stops your grass from reseeding itself. So if you're mowing, and you let your, I like to let my grass go a little bit long once in a while, where it gets the little seed heads, right, and then right. you mulch it back in, then it reseeds itself. So uh-huh. when you're using that, um, corn gluten, the pre-emergent, it also stops all that with the grass reseeding itself and things like that. So it, it's just best, like Mother Nature is so good, like we, we help it with the right fertilizers and then do the right thing. So Right, exactly. So, so nope, thank three you applications much. a year and Janice... And, so, and where, when, so I've done the second one. When would the third one go on? It goes in about end of August, early September, okay. something like that. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Janice. Bye bye. All right. And lots of lawn questions. Yeah. Can I do a quick one here? Absolutely. Go ahead. Um, Okay. So they've got the Green It Up for lawn fertilizer, but they have the Scott's um, spreader. What setting would you recommend? Um, What I would do, and this is what I would probably put it on three or four. But it's more measure how how big is your lawn and then sort of figure out the size of bag and use that amount in that area. So and that's where I like to turn it down to like two or three. And then I just make sure I use that if it's two kilograms for my area or three kilograms. Um, per 3,000 square feet mm-hmm. and and this length times width and you don't have to be exact like right. you sort of give your length times width gives your square footage and then you figure out how much fertilizer you need in that spot um, put that amount into your spreader and just turn the dial down a bit and like I said go one way and then go and back then and forth the other way yep. and then use that up that amount up in that area and be totally and the nice thing with my fertilizer it won't burn so if you go a little extra um, as long as you're not dumping it right on it like a right. big clump of it, yeah, yeah. Th- then it will burn. <laughs> Give some but, room to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> then it will burn. But if you're if you're doing that, you're you're great, and uh, so you should be good to go. And oh. I love the little comment. Love the product. Thanks, Vaughn. So yeah, appreciate that. Yep. Any other text you want to read there? Um, one about we're talking about fertilizer. What is the best fertilizer for tomato plants and veggies in general? Um, I, I really like using the fifteen thirty fifteen. It's great for a lot of the veggies, mm-hmm. and it has the higher middle number again, which is good. Good for and roots, getting roots established, right? Absolutely, yeah. and the evolve also is a great one. Yeah, I love that one. The evolve, tomato, the Rage Plus. Yeah, yeah. Family is from the Rage family, mm-hmm. and the nice thing about it too, it has a calcium supplement in it as well, which is great for tomatoes. Yeah, right? 
if blossom you, and drop. If you're, if you're growing the bigger ones, right? Right. It's nothing worse than you see them coming along and you go to pick them and the bottom is all black from that blossom end rot, which is a calcium deficiency. Yeah, usually. and in yeah. and, and proper watering a yeah. bit too. Yeah, yep. Awesome. Well, yeah. and just got uh, Matt. Uh, he wants to play some commercials, so it's not my fault. <laughs> Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Way to go, Matt. <laughs> all right. We got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's largest selection of trees, shrubs, annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, potted, have a two-year warranty. Come check them out. Spruce it up, green it up, I feel like a kid up. in a candy we- store when I walk through the shrub lot. <laughs> I just, I can't help it right now. There's so Isn't many it? good things going on. And, and sometimes you, you and as a, as a owner, operator, um, business Sometimes you're the most hard on your own company. Sometimes you look around, you see the flaws. Oh, you see and you all pick. the bits and pieces, yeah. Yeah, um, but I, I must say, like, I walk out there the last few days. We just got the most fabulous shipment of roses in mm-hmm. and hydrangeas. We've really stressed with our suppliers and our growers. We work, we work with them and really let them know the type of quality we want. Absolutely. And um, that all I gets said, passed to our clients, right? No to our customers. So. And that's a lot of the growers say we have sort of triple A grade, then we have spruce it up grade, nice. and they know that they have to send that to me. I'm not going to accept the other stuff that. Yep. You, they send it to the box stores, and that's why they can sell it cheaper. There's a different grade of plants. Um, all our trees and shrubs do potted, come with a two-year warranty. Yep, that's nice. Um, so we definitely try to make sure that um, we're giving the right advice and and the right plants in the right areas. And that's sometimes hard, too, right? People's yep. shade, sun. Yep, like this one right now, People are, there's a couple of good text messages that have just come in asking about shrubs. Um, yep. West-facing, mid-sized shrub, uh, I recommended like a globe caragana, um, cherry bomb barberry, um, dwarf European cranberry, dwarf burning bush. Like there's yeah, so any many of the nine good. barks would do well, yep. spireas. Nine barks, a sem false spirea would be beautiful. There's so many. When I go out right now to pick plants with clients or to just get ideas for designs, it's like... It's like a sea of inspiration. There's so much color. There's so much um, variation and texture. And I know it's all nerdy design stuff, but I just love it. All I have to do is take one quick walk through the shrub lot, and I'm. And there's my, a, and there's yeah. a lot of great landscapers in Calgary. So whoever you're working yep. with, but a lot of the landscapers don't have a lot of plant knowledge as well. So we're, we're kind of lucky with our landscape division. We have both sides of it. We have Joanna who has both sides of it, yep. horticulturist. But even if you're working with a landscaper and who's great, and there is lots of good landscapers on the hardscaping, mm-hmm. if they, if you need a bit of help with even just the plant side of it, come see yeah. us and or go to a local garden center and pick. Because I can always tell a landscaper that doesn't know a lot, you'll get potentillas, spireas, yeah, and yep, Calgary carpet. That they know <laughs> there's their top five that they use everywhere. It blows my mind that I mean that's the thing too. You're absolutely right. There are people that can put in a beautiful landscape for you, but that's the skeleton of it. That's the bone of it you have to flesh it out with really pretty plants and make it soften it up right soften up that new patio or yeah. pergola um i love i love 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 picking out plants with customers <laughs> it's like my it, it is thing. it is fun and and especially when everything's looking good right now yeah, it's easy right now everyone yeah. in the shrub lots working hard making it easy for us Absolutely. to just go out and cherry pick everything and we should probably <laughs> go to a call we're going to go to one that you might like as well good morning jeanette hi jeanette oh. Oh, maybe not. 
I'm going to put you back on hold, Jeanette, and we'll come back to you after this one. And we're going to go to Maria. Marie. Hi, Marie. Oh, hi, Meryl. How are you today? Good. How are you? Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. And you got a mock orange. I have a mock orange, and I bought it two years ago. But it always dies down to the ground, and it never, like, gets bigger. I don't understand that. Yeah, usually mock orange don't die back to the ground. Yeah. No. No. Um, and what? How? What's? What do the blooms look like? I never bloomed. Huh? Oh, is it in the shade? Maybe it might be planted. No, it's it's in the sun, really. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'll be honest. That's typically fairly odd. Most mock orange don't die back right down to the ground. Like usually, they always come back on their old wood, and they get about five, six feet high. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe it's a wrong mock orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, no, that it, this sounds unusual. Like that, some of the shrubs that die back are like the elders, um, Annabelle hydrangea. Um, what's any other ones that die right back? Um, I don't know. My my dogwood seems to do that every year. I know that's not typical either, but. Yeah. You know what I finally like, I'm not a big fan of dogwoods no, anymore. No, I got rid of it. I thought it was an ivory halo. Yeah. And I thought it'd be beautiful and it just never never amounted yeah, to that. Yeah, so, so. Um, Marie, I'm not too sure why it's doing that. Um, so what I would do again is try and do some slow deep watering, um, fertilize it with 153015. Yeah. Um, okay. Try and get some roots going on it, higher middle number, and see if that helps. But yeah, I'm yeah, not... I, mean, the, I did fertilize it all along, you know, but... I was looking forward for those nice blooms. Yeah, know? that smell oh, amazing. Oh, they're so fragrant too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then I should take it out and throw it out. Yeah, or if or I don't know if you're able. Do you do any kind of texting, Marie? Or yeah, maybe later on. You can text me a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and we need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Joanna Chudy, and we're going to go and see if Jeanette is there. Good morning, Jeanette. Hi, Jeanette. Jeanette, I think she gave up on me. Oh, maybe she'll call Shouldn't back. She Azalea. I know. want to chat about that. Yeah, that's oh, well. not something you hear about yeah. a whole bunch in It's one of those ones that uh, it's a hard one because it comes up so early in the spring, and a lot of times I've, I've had them blooming underneath the snow. Scary. A little bit scary. Yeah, the yeah. rhododendron, they come up a bit <laughs> early, and that's that's the only hard part about them is trying to keep them slowing down, but they're an early spring yep. um, plant that love to pop up early. And I got one here at text that says, can you top off a columnar aspen? Um, typically, no, you don't want to. Depends if it's a smaller tree and you just want it to thicken up, then yes, but if you're trying to keep... A columnar aspen at a certain height, I definitely would not recommend that. It just mm. it'll end up getting diseased, and you open up the wounds all the time. But if you have two or three single leaders that are just shooting up, and they're not really any thicker than your thumb, um, I have zero issues just topping those up, and and then that'll tip them up. And that's typically what the nurseries will do too. It's just called tipping, mm-hmm. and and we'll do that all the time. So um, that's fine. It's just if you get into the larger, thicker branches, yeah. And uh, I had a nursery guy do that a few years ago, and I'm just like, why, why? Yeah, like, these it, were gorgeous, like yeah. hundred mil columnar yeah. aspens. It's a shame. And she cut the top. I remember that six feet I off. Remember it. that. And the and the then the trunk was four to six inches, like it was three or four inches thick. I'm just like, it's a big open spot for lots yeah. of disease and yeah. Like so 
we we didn't end up accepting those. Plus, and, those and Aspens are pretty wily. Like they'll send up another leader anyway, right, right? Like that they they want to fulfill their genetic prophecy. Go like to if, the sky. if you chop them off, they'll still come back. So absolutely. Yeah. Do you want one liter or do you want 15? Yeah. Yes, but thicken them up, tip them up is fine. Yep. But there is smaller, like there is the um, the Emerald Spire, mm-hmm. the Green Spire, app, Crab Apple that are mm-hmm. smaller columnar trees that they only get 8 right to 10. They leaf right the ground too. They're beautiful. Yeah, and they Love only get trees. certain height, right? Yep. So yep. there's other alternatives. Just figuring out what tree is the best one for that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go... Down to high, uh, maybe high river. I'm not too sure. Yeah, it is. Hey, Mary, (laughs) who's she talking to? Oh, she's calling another program. We had a candid conversation (laughs) with with Mary. She's talking about somebody. (laughs) Uh oh, we better not listen to this. She. I think Mary's on the phone with somebody else. Yeah, so we better not. We better not listen to that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) She's busy. She's multitasking this morning. Absolutely. Let's go (laughs) down to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, thank you. How can we help you? <laughs> this is watering indoor plants. Okay. Uh, there are people that water their plants in the evening. Yes. Other people have said, how would you like to sleep in a wet bed? <laughs> is that an old wives' tale? Um, it, it's somewhat in a wives' tale because really, like, it doesn't dry out overnight anyway. So if you water in the morning, it's still going to go to bed with some wet roots. Um, it's just a, the it, it's consistent watering and watering at the right times is even more important. Mm-hmm. And and typically, the reason a lot of people don't water at night is also if you're using overhead sprinklers or something more. It's more of an outdoor thing because then you have the water sit on the leaves too long and it causes powdered mildew and other uh, other problems like that. Yeah, this is more indoor. Yeah, plants. zero issues. If if you prefer to finish your day and you like to walk around and. Do your plants at the end yeah. of the day. It's it's not going to be a big deal. Okay. Yeah, totally fine. <laughs> but it's just what it is, Dale. Is just being more consistent and let them dry out in between watering. And house plants are really, for the most part, all the same. Almost, um, they like to dry out in between waters, like not bone dry where they're wilting, but just let the soil dry in between watering and have a really nice, good um, soilless mix, a light soil mix for your house plants. Like the, too many times, I've seen sort of a a cheaper soil, and it's lots of wood chips and stuff mm-hmm. in it, and it's not great for house plants. That's good for outdoor soil amendment, but I wouldn't use it on my house plants. Fungal, right? Yeah, you get some issues. Yeah, it stays wet too long. Okay, thank you very much. All right, yeah. thanks, Dale. Bye-bye. Good, bye-bye. Good question. Absolutely. All those little bits. What's true, what's not true in the garden? Right? <laughs> the mist. <laughs> that's a, good, Jan- that's a good January topic when we're, <laughs> yeah. we're diving in the deeps to look for something. Yep. All right, dive, we're going to dive down to High River again. Good morning, Mary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hi, they're Mary. all that Dutch people. No, yeah, she's still yeah. chatting away. And they're a little hard. I'm just going to let her off. She can phone <laughs> back when she's ready. All right. Oh, Mary. <laughs> Actually, we're at that. We're at, yeah, we're at the ready thing to. Uh, we're ready to take a break here for another little commercial break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm joined by with Joanna Chudy. Welcome, Joanna. I'm by you, and I'm with you. <laughs> Bye with. <laughs> we are here together on Father's in, Day. In the it's studio. A beautiful Sunday. And we have Matt on the other side of the glass. Yeah. Lining up all our good phone calls. Absolutely. Let's mm. go to Robin. Good morning, Robin. Well, good morning. Good How morning. can we help you? Well, um, 
I'm I'm really battling with these these aphids here. I've got one of those really beautiful little shrubs in my front yard. It's one, the ones with the pom pom flowers. You know, yeah, the hydrangeas. Uh, no, the little round white one. Oh, Maybe like a viburnum or yeah. a cranberry. Yeah, PG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so but the aphids just love this here shrub. Yeah. And I'm the third year into it, <laughs> and. I didn't realize the first year what it was, but, you know, it's done a lot of damage. Uh, So this year, I'm simply, uh, you know, I'm totally infested, so I sprayed it with uh, soapy water. Yeah. And then I took off all the, uh, basically pulled off all the all the ones that were really, you could just see that they were, yeah. you know, and about a week later, they were all back, so I sprayed them again and picked off some more, and... Uh, I'm at that point. Now, how That's often that, do I spray this and how long days. do I have to do it? Yeah, I, I, and be careful when you're using soapy water. Uh, make sure you have to rinse it off an hour or so after because if you leave it on and if it gets too much sun, it almost works like a magnifying glass and it'll burn your leaves. Oh. So just be careful of that. Um, another product is Pure Spray Green and you don't have to rinse it off. Um, but they need to, no matter which one you're using, you need to do it every five days because uh-huh. uh, they're born pregnant, right? So they, they're born to give babies, and then they're born, and they spit babies out instantly. Mm-hmm. So um, Every five days? And yeah, how long do you think that's... Three to four weeks in a row. Okay. You have to break the cycle and sort of get at it that way. Right, right. Okay, so pure, pure spray green. I'll come over and get some of that then. Awesome. And uh, thank you. I appreciate your help. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, you guys have a great day. All right. Good, Good luck. Thanks, Robin. Yeah, those are the, sometimes those aphids can be pesky, especially, mm-hmm. and right now is the prime time for them. All those new leaves, like yeah. they love, if you... All that go, succulent look, foliage, yep, eh? Mm. Yep, if you look at your shrubs or plants and it's all where the new leaves are coming out, if you're worried about aphids, that's probably where the majority of them are. I'm doing that so. garden up at Global TV and we do a segment every Wednesday. It's It's been pretty fun. We do it with Leslie Horton and... Uh, I'm just so impressed. Our one guard, like the the spinach and and the and the cauliflower. Some of this looks so good. Like I haven't grown veggies That's for a couple so of years. That's so nice. The bugs have like, not found your new garden yeah, yet, right? No, <laughs> and it's been. It's just like I said. I haven't grown veggies myself, besides tomatoes and stuff in my in my yard. But I haven't gotten any foliage like spinach and Swiss chard. And it's so easy. It and is fun, and it looks so good. Like, yeah. Yep. You know what? Swiss chard. Those things make it into my front yard and into my planters. I mean, yeah, I, you know we me, I'm like, I'm Absolutely. a renegade, but I have garlic, I have Swiss chard, and I have fava beans. But they look good because they're so, fo- like the foliage yeah. looks so nice. Like even carrots mixed into your yeah. garden, like any kind of garden, yeah. shrub garden, do a little patch of carrots yep. in there. It loosens up the soil. Radishes yep. are good. Our um, soil's really poor in our front yard. It's really a lot of gravel and mixed sand and just who knows what. Um, and it's I, good for growing veggies, though. It is. And you know what? I threw a whole ton of fava bean seeds in the ground, and I know that's kind of weird and what the heck is this neighbor doing now, but um, I figure they're fixing nitrogen into the soil and yep. helping all my landscape plants, too. So, yeah. And, and don't then, be afraid and, to mix it up a bit. Yep. Then we have something to, I can send the boys out and they can pick some beans for dinner in the in the fall. So it's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's go. We're going to chat with Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. good How can we help you? I have a tree that the top part has winter killed. Okay. Should I prune it now? What type of tree is it? I'm not sure. It's been here for years. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Typically, it's been a hard year on a lot of the trees. So, yeah. some is this the first year it hasn't leafed to the top? 
Yes. Okay, I would really, um, does it have white bark by any chance or? No, dark. Okay. Um, it could be an elm or an ash. Um, what it I would do flowers. is flowers. Okay, huh. It gives white flowers on it. Okay, and does it turn red afterwards? No. Oh, the leaves don't turn red? Okay, nope. it could be a big mayday then too. Oh, that, okay. Could be, yeah, yeah. yeah, if it gets to dark. No fruit or Maybe. little tiny berries? No. Yeah, little tiny berries. Yeah. Well, that, it sounds like a mayday. mayday yeah. yeah. The grass beaks love it. Yeah, and uh, so one thing you got to watch for on those is, again, the, sometimes they get that black knot. It kind of looks like a, a fungus or a burnt marshmallow on a stick. They'll get those as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but I would definitely give it a really good watering right now, slow, deep watering, because a lot of the trees like that, the harder yeah. wood, yeah. Um, they've suffered a lot of winter desiccation, and it's just they almost got freeze-dried last year, so... Um, if it was the first year that it hadn't gone to the top, I would definitely just give it a really good soaking right now and see if we you can. Have. Oh, okay. Repeatedly for oh, okay. days. Okay. <laughs> well, then you might have to look at getting an arborist in to, to give it a proper pruning, especially with the Mayday. You want to make sure you're doing the proper cuts because if you open too many wounds, they're very susceptible to blights and things like that. So. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so you just, mm-hmm. it, which is fine. You just want to make sure that you you do the right water or the right pruning technique. Oh, yeah. Just so that way you don't end up. So there's lots of good pruning guys in town. Um, yeah. Our guys that pruned up would be more than happy to come by and give you a quote as well. Oh, okay, because it's right in my yard. You can't access it with a ladder or anything. Yeah, no, they climb right in if they have to. That's like a proper pruning yeah. guy. Um, okay. A lot of times they use the ladder a little bit, but most time they're right up in the trees and so they phone spruce up and say, "Come to Airdrie, please." Exactly. Yeah. No, they'll come out there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, we can do one more. This is a Joanna question. Oh, perfect. Good morning, Judy. <laughs> oh, here she comes. I can hear. Oh. Hi, hi. Judy. Hi. Hi. How can we help you? There, that's better. Yeah, how can we help you? <laughs> oh, it was, um, I, I at the school fundraising, I bought lytris. I'm not sure if that's how you say it, bulbs, yeah. but I know nothing about Liatris bulbs? Liatris. Liatris? Liatris, Yeah, it's a perennial. Yes, but they're bulbs. Yep. And so... I got them the end of May, and I planted them, some outside, or some in the yard, and some in big pots. Yeah. But I don't know anything about taking care of them. They're pretty and standard. Like, they're a regular yeah. perennial. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, just consistent watering this first season that they're in to help the root system get established. Um, and then you might want to think about the ones that are up in your planters in the fall or near the end of summer. You could go ahead and try and carve out a spot that you could put them right in the ground so that they have time to root in and stay over winter because they'll come back next year. So do you think when I put them in the end of May, I'll still get flowers this year? Um, maybe. They're, I would say the plant is probably focusing most of its energy on just getting established and just getting the root system really um, worked into the soil. So... You might see flowers, you might not. They're probably, what I've noticed with Leatris is they start off a little small and then the more uh, comfortable they get in your garden, the bigger they get. So they'll, you might get one sort of flower stalk the first season, but um, following years, if it's happy where it's at, then it'll start to really make like a clump and you'll get more flower spikes coming up. It's well, really there pretty. were 12 bulbs. Okay. And they did have, some of them had 
looked like a little bit of maybe white mold on when I got them, hmm. but I just planted them anyway. I think because yeah. they were in a plastic bag when yeah. I got them. Yeah, that's probably condensation. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I bet it's all it's all fine now that they're out in the open and in the soil and in the garden. I think they're probably just, just fine. Well, the, the other thing that I wondered about when I got them, it said on the package that they were zone 4 to 9. Yeah, we're zone, we are roughly a zone 4A, mm-hmm. depending where you are. Oh. So that just means it's hardy from 4 to 9. So um, Leatris, there's quite a few varieties that grow here quite well. So zone 4, I wouldn't just put it wide out in the open, sort mm-hmm. of a good shelter location in your yard, and you should be fine. Okay. All righty. Do you have time for just two more quick questions? Actually, I just got to put you on hold because we got to take a break for the couple of commercial breaks right now. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right, need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening, 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go back to Judy. She has another question or two. Good morning, Judy. Hi. Um, The other one is I have a, um, I think it's a Bogo hydrangea. Yeah, Bogo. I planted it two years ago, and last year it didn't bloom. And what I think now is when I, I'm watching the location, I put it in, which used to be sunny, is no longer getting enough sun, I don't yeah. I think. Yeah, and the, and the hydrangeas, typically in that spot, you could definitely switch that out to a Annabelle hydrangea, and that would do really well there, and it would bloom. But the other hydrangeas, they do require more sunshine, like the Bobo and the Quick Fires and the Little Limes and all that. They do require quite a bit more sun. So if I moved it, so it's still just kind of leafing out. Yeah, right now it would be a, still a perfect time. Um, okay. Yeah, do it in the cool, do it in the morning. Just yeah. make sure you get as much of the root ball as you can like yeah. dig over and pre-dig the hole in a nice sunny spot first. Yeah. And then just do it cool in the morning, dig it up, move it into that, and uh, and then just fertilize it in with 105210. Yes. And you should be set. Now, the Annabelle, but it's quite a bit larger, isn't it? Well, it gets about three to four feet high, yes. Okay. Now, the other quick question is an azalea. I've had a plant in the house blooming, and for the last month, you know, it's finished blooming. I've been watering and fertilizing. If I put it outside, planted it outside, do you think? Um, it would bloom, or should I keep it in the house, or what, what um, should I do? You can definitely put them outside for the summertime. Um, don't put it right out in the direct heat right away. Mm-hmm. Like, you can gradually um, get it used to the to the sunshine, because it is quite bright. Mm-hmm. But not planted in the soil, is what no, you think? No, it won't survive, so. Okay. Yep. All right, I'll do that. Thank you so much for your All help. Right. I don't know how I'd get by gardening without it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Judy. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and we're going to go back. We're going to try going down to uh, High River again. Thanks, Judy. Bye-bye. Hi, Mary. All right. Hey, Mary. And we're going to go back. We're going to try going down to High River again. Mary. 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 Hello. There you go. are. <laughs> How are you? You're playing, Hi, you're playing hard to get uh, today. I had to hang up. I know. We, yeah, you're, we you we were listening to your conversation, but we didn't know where it was going to go. So we better we thought we better hang up. <laughs> I know. I didn't take my phone off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my friend, my young boyfriend. Oh, I noticed he's that. Only, so. We gave you he's some only privacy. He's only forty-five. 
I don't need him, but he came to see my flowers. Uh, that's what they all say. <laughs> and, and if you believe that, I'll tell you, sell you the moon. I hear you. All right, what's going on, Mary? You have white flies. No, I gave a woman <laughs> some flies. advice okay. at a garden show, yep. at a garden center. Yep. Anyway, she has white flies yep. on a vine. Yep. I told her, clean it all up behind, yep. mm-hmm. get everything cleaned up, hose it down with the hose, yep. and then put pure spray cream. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. When I say pure spray, <laughs> it's hard for me to say. Yeah, pure spray green. <laughs> yeah, pure spray green. There you go. <laughs> anyway, how are you, Joanna? I'm great. How Joanna, are you? Joanna, the banana. <laughs> you, you, Long you, and slender. Yep. You have, hey, hey, Merle. Yes. Happy Papa's Day. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's a good one. Yep. Do you it, think they'll give you a million dollars? Um, I think they probably. You know, your kids your will kids? drive you nuts before yeah. you get yeah. a million. No, you know, a million great hairs. It yeah, cost me a million dollars, but no, I'm pretty fortunate. I got two pretty good kids. So I know I'm you do. Very yeah, fortunate. I know so. because because your wife is exactly. your wife's the heart of the family. Exactly. What's up with Merle? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That and takes anyway, a bit. I need to tell you, my your pansies that you have, they are. Absolutely, the best pansies I mm. ever have had in my I, six I years of, of gardening. This year, it's I did notice ones you, you had yep. right away first. Yeah, because our even our, God, I planted them beautiful. I know I planted them out front of the store, and they still they filled out that big pot. It looks They're, phenomenal. And I've been cutting them. And giving them to friends. Awesome. Mm. The smell of them—they're beautiful. Hey, Mary. I'm sorry, I got to go. I'm yeah, right at the end of the do. hour. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Mary. Uh, all right. Uh, we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hopefully all you uh, kidlings are uh, looking after your dad. And How uh, much burnt toast do you think is being served up right now? <laughs> Just kidding. How much Eggs and toast. toast. Eggs oh, and bacon. it's great. <laughs> so tasty. More butter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always up first, so I had my own toasted bagel this morning. So. All right, Ed. I went to uh, April Wine last night. Good old nice. Canadian rock band <laughs> at uh, Deerfoot in the casino. Yeah. Nice. It was fun. It was good. And hard to believe, like, 50 years ago, they started the band in Nova Scotia. That's amazing. Yeah. I was just saying that uh, bands that still, like, they're rocking because it's their thing, right? That's their passion, and they're great live. That's Well, at 70, and there's there's some guys that probably had some fun lifestyle. They probably out-partied a bit and did some stuff. But they're living, and their fingers, like, these guys were screaming, Mm -hmm. and their fingers, some of the guitar things that they were doing were, like, like speck and tight, tight, like yeah. sounded awesome. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was a lot cool. of fun. And Very these cool. guys just go, but their fingers are like, it was just yeah. amazing. Like you think at 70, some guys have a hard time holding a cup of coffee. These yeah. guys just let their medicine. Rip. 
Yeah. Like that movement is medicine, right? Oh, look at all those rockers, Keeping eh? your passion Keith going. Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, all those guys, 70, they're still, still out rocking. Going. yep. So don't they, sit at home too much. Go yeah. party a little bit. Have some fun. Garden, play the guitar, <laughs> go out to concerts with friends. Uh, have summertime. a party. Have a party. <laughs> like, who says healthy living's good for you? <laughs> good morning, Ken. Uh, good morning. How are you? Um, Were you rocking last thing. night anywhere or what? <laughs> uh, no, no, sorry, too old for that now. <laughs> All right, well, these guys were seventy, so hey, they're they're still going April wine. So, well, good for them. Absolutely. How can we help you? So uh, we put a bunch of gravel at the base of some spruce and pine trees, just okay. for aesthetic reasons and to make it a little bit easier to mow around them. Yep. And I'm curious, is it safe to use Roundup on the weeds and grass that are going to start poking their head through the gravel? Yeah. Did you put um, fabric down first? We did not. Okay. Typically, whenever I put gravel down, I always use a landscape fabric because it lets the moisture through and it'll hold down the weeds. And yep. underneath spruce trees, typically I'll use mulch instead of gravel because it's going to really drop a bunch of needles and it's hard to keep clean. So just a, a little bit of, of advice and then you don't have to worry about the the fabric either or right. and it'll choke out the weeds. But um, an answer to your question, um, Roundup will not hurt the spruce tree to spray the foliage of the, don't spray it all over the tree, obviously. If it hits the bark a little here or there, it's fine. Just because okay. what Roundup does, it, it attacks the chlorophyll in the plant and stops it from feeding. So it only really kills what it touches, mm -hmm. a green. Okay. And I know some of the roots of the spruce trees are pretty shallow in yeah, there. Yeah, it's fine. It's like you said, it's okay. yeah, you're just spraying the foliage. Like Just give it a couple shots. The Roundup... When it's applied properly, um, just right on top of each weed, it just, just spray the weed itself and you'll be totally fine. Awesome. Thanks so much. And right. party on. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Thank Ken. you so much. Take care, Ken. Right, bye. bye. Rock on. Yeah. Rock on. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun. It was, uh, I was, I was really, and it was a good venue. Uh, I was just impressed how these guys, uh, they come in, do their thing. And, absolutely. Yeah. Right now we're going to go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Morning, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How can we help good. you? Um, I'm in the process of redoing a strawberry patch that had a lot of crabgrass in it. Yeah. Um, so I've changed it to uh, eight foot by five foot and doing one for strawberries and one for herbs. Okay. Question is, how far down do I have to take that dirt? And I was going to put fabric cloth to sort of keep the crabgrass from coming up. Mm -hmm. How far down should I be taking that dirt down to? Um. Sort of, that's a bit that's of a trickier tricky. question. Yeah. You want to be at least sort of 8 to 12 inches deep um, for okay. the soil. Um, so with the quack grass, crab grass, and it's a hard one because the more you dig it too, sometimes you cause more. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing veggies, I, that's where I really don't like using the, the Roundup in that. Um, so you could dig out the grass and then just put a really good soil mixture on top. And then just when the grass comes up fresh, um and sometimes some people do it, they just get one of those cloth gloves, like a, like a real soft glove, and then they wear a rubber glove underneath it, and then you just dip it into Roundup, and then you just sort of rub your fingers over the over the weed with Roundup, mm -hmm. and that way it doesn't get into any of the soil or any of that other stuff, so, and then okay. it'll go down and kill the grass. Okay. I'm just, I was planning on digging a lot of it out, yep. like the soil out and that, and then just using fabric cloth. Would that stop? A lot no. of that from coming up. Well, it, it, it's hard if you're growing in it too, because it's unless you like go down like like a foot or more, put your fabric down, and then put a whole bunch of fresh soil on top of that. Yeah, that was my plan. Yeah, 
Um, I think it's a lot of unnecessary work, maybe unless it's really, really bad. But I would dig, just dig out the grass on top and then just amend the soil that you got. And I think once you get a good, healthy soil, you'll be a lot better. It'll be fine. Okay. And would that fabric cloth in between the amended soil help? It will, but sometimes it'll be a more of a hindrance. I find if you're digging in and turning over the soil, you're going to end up hitting it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, in me, in my mind right now, it sort of, it sounds like it would be a bit of a pain. Yeah. It, I have a bed like that, that um, it's kind of level with the lawn and I planted, it's a veggie bed and uh, all my other beds are raised except for this one. And the quack grass just marches right in there. It goes right through the rock retaining wall that I built around it. It's, I mean, just a low garden wall. But what I did was I dug it all out, um, and then I st- it's really like kind of painstaking, but I sifted through all that soil and just tried to any remnant of root from that quackgrass, I tried to get out. Um, and then instead of fabric, I just put down some really thick layers of cardboard because I know eventually it will rot, but before that, it'll help sort of suffocate out any existing quackgrass. Um, and then I don't have to battle that landscape fabric. If that landscape fabric isn't in the right spot, like under a bunch of stone, it can be a total pain in the butt to try and garden with. So but okay. I don't know if that helps, but it so far so good this season for me. I haven't had a lot of grass come back up. So Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then the, um, like your uh, potting mix would be the best to use for that, would it, Merle? Um, it, it does work good, but actually if, you, if it's going to be in the ground, I would even just use, like, we have a really good garden mix that you can get in bulk, and it's a lot less expensive if you're doing a bigger area like that. Great for okay. veggies, strawberries, things yep. like that. Yep. And so it's just the your garden mix itself? Yeah, yep, in the bulk area. Okay, all right. Okay, good enough. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right. Well, right now we're going to head down to the Spruce It Up tree lot, and we're going to chat with Chris. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Merle. Hey, Joanna. Hi, Chris. How's it going? I, I'm good. I was rocking last weekend, too, when I was at Prism. Oh, oh right on. <laughs> and like, like you say, those guys, that guy was 72 years old. Yeah. On stage, he looked like he was 20. Nice. Until you got, until you got a close-up to him after. And he, looked like he, he looked like Keith Richards. Uh, yeah. That's, when, that's no. when music was good. Absolutely. Yeah. Let her rip. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's what's hot in the tree lot this week? I know it, it's sort of looking good. The, lots of great-looking. Yeah. yeah, isn't it? We have the most amazing rose garden right now. There's it's yellow roses. I can't believe it. Yeah, All we got these the colors sun, I've never seen. Yeah, I got the sun sprite ones. Yep. Finally yeah. got in. I know Pat, who's calls in our bread guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been bugging me, bugging me, <laughs> and I finally yeah. felt so bad. They finally got, in, but it was worth the wait. They were they're yeah, pretty they're, gorgeous, weren't they? They're incredible. And then we got some Persian yellows in, which people are always looking for the climbing yellows that are hardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just all of them, everything. Like the, if you want to just come and take a walk through Vancouver, come down to Spruce it Up. It's, <laughs> it's just as good as Bouchard Gardens, eh? That's right. That's what it looks like. Yeah, Absol- they're beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what are some of the other good things that people can look to add into the garden right now? I know a lot of people are always asked, like especially with all the small yards, they're still continuing looking for something for the privacy screen and something mm. for narrow. And we have some the gladiator crabs right now are. Not sure people are aware of those, but they pretty much can substitute exactly for the aspen. Yeah. The same height, the same or same width, not the same heights, but they still can get to be about 20 feet. But you get the beautiful pink flowers in the spring, um, the dark pink, and then you get the nice purple foliage that is really nice contrast to all the green that's uh, everywhere else. And they're also blight resistant. So that's one of the new ones that is yeah. replacing a lot of the older um, yeah. crab apples that were getting that fire blight. Yeah. Fire blight and scab, yeah, they're resistant. And then, in fact, you're bringing the birds to your 
because they don't you don't get the messy murder scene fruit yeah. on your sidewalk or your fence. They're just uh, small berries, and the birds love to eat those. So yeah, it's a win win for that guy. You know, and I and I always sometimes when you you mention a crab apple and yeah. right, you get the look, they <laughs> look cringe. at you the yeah the look of horror. They're in their already eyes. not yeah. listening to you. you yeah. Can't even finish. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they just they. Wait, yeah, they have the, the the flashback of the doggle crab and the big yeah. mush. No. And, but most of the ones, we don't even sell a whole lot of those doggles. We brought in, no. we had a young couple. Yeah, yeah, we had a young couple in the other day asking for them. And they were determined. They wanted that mess. They wanted to make the yeah. jelly. Wow. They, so we cool. brought yeah. them in. Uh, we brought them in some doggles. So what yeah. about the ambassador? Tell me a little bit about that one. So the ambassador is the same as the gladiator, same height, same size, same color, but it actually has uh, edible fruit. But again, unlike the doggo, which is such a massive uh, wide, you know, 20, 20 feet wide where you get, um, you know, the fruit dropping everywhere, the ambassador, if the fruit does drop, it just pretty much drops straight down into that area. So you're not having that massive mess like you would have with the old doggos and the rescues. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what if someone's looking for a, a summer blooming shrub sort of thing, what uh, that will bloom all summer for them? Is there any such thing? Yeah, the hydrangeas are awesome for uh, summer blooming. Um, we got quite a few. The quick fire is one of our earliest ones that are white and they turn uh, pinkish color. They, they'll be blooming here in probably the next uh, week or so. So they're the first blooming ones. And then, of course, we have the Annabelles that uh, are the big, massive white heads that bloom from the end of June all the way to frost. Um, some people leave them up in the winter for the, the flowers when they dry. They look quite nice, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Very hardy. Uh, the Bobos, more more panicle shape, uh, limelight. So there's lots of hydrangeas, lots of different colors, shapes, um, very hardy for us. And we, yeah, we're lucky. They've really, and that's where a lot of our research and, and things happen. A lot of the companies that go over to Europe, into Germany, into Asia, and even into China, different areas, fun to find because they're in the same zone as us, and they're finding some of those breeds and, and ones that will come to Canada, and, mm-hmm. and especially into our area, Zone 3, that yeah. we're able to get these nice-looking different shrubs. Like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we basically had the Potentilla's calorie yeah. carpet. Yeah. Not as big of a selection, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now, yeah. like, the, and those ones have really taken over. Like, we bring in way less Potentilla and Spirea compared to a lot of these newer varieties that are giving us that really nice-looking yard, like a little yeah. bit different. Like, we actually, actually can have beautiful plants in our yards, believe it or not. Yeah. And yeah, the calorie yeah. and the calorie boxwood, yep, yeah, yep. lower growing, lower growing, nice evergreen shrub that stays uh, green throughout the winter. Just got to keep it a little protected from some of those drying winds. Yeah, but otherwise, it's a really nice evergreen. We also brought in some euonymus, which is spectacular in color, and I've had good success with yards overwintering that as well. So, nice. uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. We'll let you okay. get back to the tree line. I'm usually waiting in line for you, so okay. I, I will. Uh, we'll see you later on. But thank you okay. so much. Yeah. Have a good day, guys. Thanks. Bye, bye. All right. Always good to see uh, awesome. have Chris come back in yep. from the tree lot and uh, give us a quick call. I love this text. I got uh, hello from Aurelio, Ontario. Yeah. I'm so glad to have found your program on the internet, Merle and Joanna. Love it. I grew up not far from Sunnyside House in Bonas. And listening now reminds me of the beautiful flowers of Alberta. And thanks for the inspiration of my now ready salad. No, and I and I, I grew up yeah, working Ontario. In, yeah, no, I grew up in, yeah. at Sunnyside and yeah, Bonas. That's really cool. And uh, if you guys come down to spruce it up, 
I was able to salvage the weather station that uh, Gord Jensen put up back in the day. I yeah. took a picture of that. I've been showing everybody. Yeah, it when the rock is warm, it's sunny. If the <laughs> if the rock is swinging, it's windy. Yeah, and, and if the rock is not there, weather station is closed. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big boulder hanging from a chain. It's pretty yeah. awesome. So lots of fun in in our new perennial house. I salvage all the benches, and I was part of building those when I was a a young lad, eighteen, nineteen years old. I built most of those benches, and remember. There's Still, those Fond are memories still of the <laughs> riveting them in, and and and, but they still they're great. Like yeah. they were really built, and that's one thing I did learn back in the day from Sunnyside. We they did a lot of things right. They built things to last, and mm. uh, and they had a great business going for a long time. So, anyways, yeah. so they are gone, unfortunately, Wendy, and uh, and we yeah. are we're trying to to take and fill that gap for everybody's looking for yep. the independent garden centers. We're, we're definitely trying to, and we, uh, I feel we've done a great job so far this year. I think so. That perennial <coughs> house is my, one of my favorite spots. I've had lots of comments yep. on that. It's, it's so nice. You can walk in, you know, right? Which, which plants are annuals, which ones are perennials? Cause they're in a different space. And then it's just so it's organized so beautifully and it's so full. There's so much to look at again, a kid in a candy store when I walk <laughs> through there. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll chat with, Brian, Marion, John, and uh, and then we'll go from there. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, where we are Calgary's largest garden center with the largest selection of trees, shrubs, annuals, perennials, and pots. Come down and check us out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. <laughs> All right. I we're going to go to the phone lines. And I just want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Sauce, the Italian market they have set up. They've taken over our bistro area. We've given them that space for the summertime. So nice, they're doing ice food. cream. They're barbecuing hamburgers on the thing. And I think they have a plan on doing fresh pizzas next weekend. Oh, my so, gosh. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so they're going to do Good thing I'm the, working next weekend. Yeah, they do the really <laughs> nice pizzas. So hopefully they're going to do some of those out there. And they got the ice cream and some coffee and some pastries, a few little nice. snacks. So if you're out at Spruce It Up and you want to grab a snack, ice cream, all that, uh, stop in and say hi to them there. But right now we're going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. How you guys doing? Good, good. How are you? Hey, Brian. Well, you know, just hanging out with uh, Vegas here. Nice, <laughs> nice. So uh, I got a question for you. I don't know how complicated it's going to be, but you both have been out here so along the front of the house and the side where we're going to put the hedging in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's about 300 feet in total. I'm debating about tilling it. Uh, and then treating it because I like we have the real roundup, right? Yeah. So what I would do on some of that, Brian, is I treat it first and then round up and then till it. Like kill, like measure out your if you want it six or eight feet wide. Yep. I would, then I would just spray everything, let it die back, and let it totally die. Like leave it two or three weeks, and that way all the roots. Because if you if you till it first and then try and kill it, you're just going to end up with a whole mess. Because you're going to cause way more roots and grass and all the other stuff. But no, you, you bet. As you know, I mean, it's concrete, right? Yeah. I mean, so just, there's a special just, blend of grass there. Yeah. So just measure out your area that you want. Just lay a string and spray in between the string lines and, and let it uh, do its thing for a couple, two, three weeks. And then mow it down and then go over with a tiller. And then if you want to add soil or whatever after that point. But that's sort of how I would go about that. No, I appreciate that because I was actually debating about tilling it, removing it, and then uh, doing the roundup kind of backwards, I guess, right? But yeah. 
because yep. we just uh, well we were just uh, we rescued a horse so as many cats and dogs we got now we got a horse oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna do a lilac hedge right yeah mm-hmm. yep a nice velocia lilacs will look awesome out there yep hopefully it stops some of the wind you guys get well, good, good luck for that. Yeah, it is windy out your way. <laughs> but that's a, that's a big price. So that's how I would go about that there, Brian, and that should uh, definitely get you going on the right track. Fantastic. Really All right. yeah, appreciate the show, and thanks for your help. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. We're, yeah, I guess we're real close. Is there a quick text um, um, that you can read out? Yeah. Um, let's see. They're talking about... The tops on radishes. Every year we get all tops on our radishes and nothing under or virtually nothing for a radish. Um, they're growing them in containers. What are they doing wrong? They're asking. This I think, has happened the last four years. I think the roots get, so if you're growing them in a container, I think the roots get too hot mm-hmm. and then they just bolt up on yep. you. Radishes can bolt really quickly. Yeah, for sure. I would agree. If you can try and plant radishes in a larger container or just right in the ground, that'd be the better. Yeah, because they, they don't, veggies, they don't right? like the hot hot root like that and then when you have a raised container it just heats them up and they just they just bolt like crazy on you so and we got a bolt for some news (laughs) you're listening nice segue (laughs) you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening and um just I know we get, we get we are getting quite a few texts on trees that are suffering, not totally foliating. Yep. A lot of that is just really it's desiccation, lack of water. This winter was so rough. Um, so yep. anything that you can do to get out there and uh, throw a soaker hose around your around your trees yep. and water that, and, and get some water down into them. Even if it rains. Right. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Got to get down to those really deep roots. It's um, it is something that it's a epidemic right now in Calgary. Like a lot of trees, especially if you're in the city, you have a big lot, and I noticed a lot of them in Sundance and those kind of areas. Those older neighborhoods that are becoming older neighborhoods with the amount of trees that have been planted, almost overplanted. They got yep. a six or eight foot space, and they got three spruce trees in there. It's too tight. And yeah, uh, again, same with the city. If they would listen and quit planting trees in every ten feet in the meridians, like spread them out, go every twenty yeah. feet or yeah. something. Let them have that room to to do their mature. I, I swear, plants, like right? I just every time I go by meridians newly planted, and they every ten feet they plant an elm tree. Like it's tricky. Go to the old area and see how big they get. Yeah, those elm trees are massive and gorgeous. Go up to Mount oh. and check them all out. Drives me. Anyways, <laughs> you know where you know I did what, see a good yeah. planting, the new one, and I'm not yeah. sure if this came from the city, but it's just to the west of us. There's like four or five new communities going in, mm-hmm. but it's in Belmont. They got yep. they got a nice looking trees, and I think they're hawthorns, but they got them spaced every 20 feet. Nice, well done, nice soil. Yeah, hopefully, um, taking care of them. Yeah, them but yep. spaced out enough where with the moisture that's in there, there's gonna be enough for them to survive. It's yeah. just when you plant them every ten feet, there's just not enough there for them. So that's um, pretty common. So kudos in to yeah. Um, I think that's Anthem United or whoever's out that way. Nice. Again, just um, maybe they listen to the radio program or <laughs> <laughs> they're doing their research. <laughs> I know. Let's see. Let's go to Marion. She's listening. Good morning, Marion. Good morning. How how are you? Pretty good, thanks. Good, Happy good. Father's Day. Thank you so much. How can we help you? Okay, wondering about 
how I should fertilize annual flower pots. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like Rage Plus or do you pre- um, what's your preference? Uh, Rage Plus does work quite well, but for a lot of the flowering one, I do like using the fifteen thirty fifteen. Um, it has the trace elements in it to really give it the blooms and that. And I, I like to fertilize once a week. Yeah. I, yeah. Water them well yep. first and then give them the fertilizer after once a week. And they'll continue to bloom um, like crazy for you all summer long. And deadheading, we're heading into deadheading season now. Like We're starting to get our first big batch of blooms have gone. Yeah. And so the more you deadhead the more flowers you're going to get also because you, if you leave all the seed and all the flowers on there, um, the plant thinks it's done its job. It's reproduced. It's produced seeds. Right. And But if you deadhead, then it thinks, well, hey, what happened to all my seeds? i got to reproduce some more and more. Mm-hmm. So they'll spit out more flowers for you. So a um, little bit of deadheading, fertilizer, and you're going to end up with uh, some gorgeous annual planters for your season. Okay, so full-strength uh, fertilizer every week. And you, once you do your mix, you do it till it runs through. Like how much? Well, do you, no, you put and the on? fertilizer I don't like. That's why I like to water everything first. Like yeah. get get them get the soil moist. Yeah. And then just just pour some fertilizer over top. Um, and, and it's hard to say how much. Like you don't you don't need to fill it up again with fertilizer so it's running out. So oh. just give it a good shot. Put like one or two liters in, depending on the size of pot, yeah. um, into each flower, because then it's going to stay into the pot, right? It's not going everywhere. Okay. Because you've already watered first. Okay, that's a good idea. What about begonias? Do they, can they handle that much fertilizer? Yeah, they don't mind it at all. Just oh. watch that so you don't get them too wet. That's, well, this is the problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice light soil for your begonias. Um, and they love, and if you have the the begonias, like the nonstop, yeah. you have the really nice big double flowers, and then you have the little single flower that comes out as well. Right. Pick those off. Those are the male flowers. The right. single ones? Yeah. Yep. Get rid of those. You want to say that just on... happy to have color there. We don't yeah, but if you, if you pick those off again, it stops that. It'll produce a lot more of the, the bigger female blooms. So. Okay, and if the begonias are in a pot surrounded by, I don't know, um, different stuff, labelia and that, yep. should we just water like the, the things that aren't the begonia, can they pick up enough water? Yeah, just the same thing. Let let the whole pot dry in between watering. So let it dry out, all of it, and then it'll dry out consistent, and then they'll all need water at the same time, whether it's a begonia or a lobelia or whatever. Okay. Your lobelia all around the edge might need a bit more because they if, it, if your edges get dry, so you might just want to water the lobelia is probably one that I might give it a bit extra because they, yeah. they do not like to dry out. They don't. They fry on us. Okay. All right. Well, I hope I have better luck with the begonias they're tricky i find again just again don't plant them too deep nice light soil and then just don't water too often that's all well they're in pot, pots yeah. but uh, and can they handle like no sun like all shade or do they they, they can take a lot of shade i planted them in some pretty shady spots so. yeah okay all righty thanks a million you're welcome okay bye bye you know one year i planted these begonias mm-hmm. and um fuchsias and a bunch of stuff in a shady spot and i use creeping jenny for my mm-hmm. for around the outside and it like that stuff is so hard to kill i mean I know it's probably better with a little bit more sun but it looked awesome yeah it looked so good another one is the the potato vine the yep so the sweet potato vine or whatever yep. purple or uh, lime, the lime green, green. Mm-hmm. gorgeous it does really good in the shade or sun yep. gives you that nice pop yep. um some of the concolias will do good in the shade as well So there's a few good ones that you can put into your shade um, gardens and go from there. And 
Oh, Dwight has sent us some pictures. Look at the potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, so and Dwight's just, planting potatoes in buckets this yeah, year. Yeah, big five-gallon buckets. Oh, nice. um, and then he probably good. just hills them up as they go. But, man, that, that looks awesome. And yep. probably has some holes, I'm assuming, in the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, Just fill them up. Just keep topping the soil up along the stem as, yeah, as grow it grows. Up. Yep. Make and then potatoes. you just pop them out of the pot and you have a big thing of potatoes. I, you know what? I've seen a lot of people do this with like the grow bags. They like these big fabric or like big felt type bags yeah. or the tow- the grow towers where you can add the slats of wood and more soil. So you basically have this vertical potato garden, which I don't know. For me, I plant everything and I go, oh, crap, potatoes. Where am I going to put those? Yeah. So, <laughs> so buckets, that's a good idea. Yeah. Buckets, potatoes. He yeah. has like, yeah, like, what are they? Patio two, four, potatoes. Six? Patio <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> Awesome, and the five-gallon Makes harvesting bale. easy, I bet. Yeah, I know. You just turn them upside down. Cool. I'm going to try it. I think right. I'm a little late this year, but maybe next year. And Tracy, this tree name, can you talk about planting under trees? I'd like some perennials. It looks that, like an Ohio buckeye. Yeah, that's an Ohio buckeye. I said to Tracy, I texted her back, and I said, um, she's got a, like a paving stone patio uh, with this, um, I don't know, looks like three foot gap or so around the base of her Ohio Buckeye, which is a smaller shade tree. It'll grow up and be quite beautiful. And just something low growing there that can handle the radiant heat off those paving stones. Stellador lilies would do phenomenal there as well. They would look really good. Moss flocks, candy tuff, rock cress, hens and chicks, autumn joy sedum. Yeah, come to our perennial house. We'll just walk you through a million choices and yeah, you, can, you can choose what you want. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and I'm here with Joanna Chudy. And right now we're going to go to John. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning. Hi, how can we help you? Yeah, just looking for some info on broadleaf in my lawn. Uh-oh. Mm. What, what are they, little clovery-looking things? or what? what I you, got a mix of you, everything. I think I got everything. You're, you're, oh, you're, oh, you're lucky. lucky. You. <laughs> um, the only one I'm a little bit concerned is if it's um, creeping bellflower. Mm. Is, there one, is, it, is there one that looks kind of a little bit um, like it has a little bit of a... Like a heart-shaped like a, leaf a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and... Bit fluffy uh, leaf. Well, I got one that's purple uh, and purple flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's like yeah, it. that's the creeping bellflower. So the product I'm going to recommend that you use is called thistle, clover, and chickweed killer. It's a broadleaf herbicide for your lawn. Yeah, um, works great. It's just when I if I know you have the creeping bellflower in there, yeah. um, I like to use it. It's a little bit stronger, more diverse than the 2,4-D than the Killex, yeah. which is typically what you use in your grass. Um, yeah. I just went through this at my house same day. I took over a, a house, and there was really nothing done to it. So I've had to hit a couple, couple doses of the Killex to get the, to get the leaves or get the weeds, the broadleaf under control, and yeah. uh, and then with the lawn fertilizer, that's really starting to fill in now and choke out all the other stuff. So that yeah. makes all the difference too. Get a nice healthy lawn, and that'll help choke out a lot of the broadleaf as well because the bluegrass yeah. that most of it is growing here in Calgary. That's a blend of, of bluegrass seed um, is actually quite invasive and it'll choke out a lot of weeds. Yeah. Cause we're in parkland. I'm not sure what grass they planted there, but yeah, no, that would have been a, it would have been a blend of different bluegrasses back in the day. 
So, yeah, you, you should be fine. But that's if you're getting that creeping bellflower, and you'll see it in a lot of the older neighborhoods because it was a perennial used back in the day where, hey, this grows great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's <Whoops>. very invasive. <laughs> yeah. And I had a tree removed at one time, and they were supposed to fix the grass up where they took the stump out. And I don't know what they put in for loam, but mm. I think it was full of quack. Yeah. Well, what happens too is when you dig up lawn or earth, a lot of times some of those old roots or weeds are sitting down dormant underground sort of thing. And when you stir up the lawn, you end up getting a lot of the different stuff that comes up. So on that, if you, if you're getting a lot of quack grass or if you want it, that is almost a roundup thing and, and then over, let it die and then over like top dress it with some loam or something like that, and then put grass seed over top as well. And we carry the seed that we have in our sod. We have that at the store as well. You got everything at your location? Pretty much. <laughs> okay, I'll stop by. Thanks for your comments. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks, John. Good Appreciate luck. it. Yep, let us know how it goes. Will do. Bye. Bye. I always want to hear back, too. It's nice if we hear back on some of the advice that we've given. Yeah, for sure. And see, see the successes. And if it hasn't quite worked, we can make other suggestions or other mm-hmm. solutions. Um, that's really important to us. We want to see what's going on. And, yeah, and sure. it, it helps us in our jobs as well. Like we hear what's going on here. And we then, learn, yep. Absolutely. Yep. Let's go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How Good morning. can we help you? Uh, I've, we've transplanted about 15 spruce trees. They're 20-foot uh, trees with a 60-inch with tree spade. Okay. Uh, we used some root fertilizer when we first put them in. Yeah. And I'm wondering going forward, is it too soon? <laughs> can we, how soon can you fertilize and how um, much, much water? The most important, when did you do this, Jim? Uh, actually, it was about six days ago we put them in. Okay. And we, we probably put 70 liters of the... Mixed root fertilizer. Okay, and tree that's big, did you guys stake them? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, that's one thing, because it works like a big umbrella, so especially yeah. a big spruce like that, I always make sure if you're doing live yeah. transplants is the ensure that you have really good stakes in the ground. And because yeah. I've, I've had to, had to, good and bad experiences with that, it's just sometimes our wind can get crazy. Yeah. Um, so important to get them, and what I would do is just, Really important to get the slow, deep watering in before I'd worry about any fertilizer right away. Okay. Um, get us, if you got a drip system set up for that, that's your best, where you just buy the long, like a thousand feet of irrigation tubing and then just put in an emitter or two at each tree. And then yeah. it's just a slow, deep watering will get in there nicely. And then you can cover up the hose after, like with bark mulch. On, on the drip tube and just leave it there and you don't have to blow those out you can just hook your hose up to the one end water all tree all 20 trees at one time to slow deep watering and then once you get them nice and soaked in definitely hit them with a 10 52 10 um two or three times before about mid-july sort of thing and then you should be good to go okay but uh, really important that- to keep watering those throughout the throughout the summer and especially going into next winter, like September, October, right, till freeze up, really important to get those frozen in nicely. The drip system is in the future. Like right now I've got uh, like 2,000 two liter cubes uh, of water and stuff, so I'll be watering by hand. But uh, how I would, much, I would much really water? look at doing that drip system right away, even if you okay. hook it to a pump to off those tanks. Because yep. um, it's just going to save you're not wasting any water. Because when you're pouring it on top, it's just you got to think that's you got to remember how big that 60 inch spade was. 
Yep. And it goes down deep. Mm-hmm. And so you got to get the water down to that bottom of that root ball and get everything soaked in really nicely. So, okay. and that's where the drip system, if, that would be my number one thing yeah. I would do is just get the water on it and get that drip system head up. We've got the materials for that. It's, it, I'm just wondering if I, if I fill the tree well up completely, is that going to drown out the roots? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. Nope. Okay. And that's, that's why I like the drip system because it's just slow and deep, gets the water where it is and just doesn't run away. You know, sometimes if you're pouring it on the top it, and even if it looks like you filled the tree well up, it's only one or two inches deep and then yeah. it never gets down nice and deep. So that's why the slow, deep watering, like I said, our tree lot, I have four or 500 caliper trees out there at any one time and I'm watering them all at once. I flick on my system and I'm just that slow, deep watering, not wasting any water. It gets into the root ball and that's the most important, especially when you've just newly planted. It's a, it's been such a dry years when I hear a project like yours, water is the one thing. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend fabric under the mulch or no, no fabric? No, 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 absolutely not. It just ends up blowing away. Just put the mulch right on top, nice and thick. Okay. Um, that's perfect. And it weaves itself together, creates its own weed barrier. I just find if you put the fabric down, it ends up being a bit of a pain, and half time the mulch blows off the fabric anyways, especially okay. if you're out in the so country. Sounds like you're in the country. Yes. Yeah, yes. so it just blows off anyways, and they end up with fabric sitting there, and you're like, uh. <laughs> okay. so it, and then because the this mulch will stick to the soil, you know what I mean? It okay. adheres itself and creates that weed barrier, almost creates its own fabric, and and will hold the weeds down that way. Very good, thank and, you. And keep the moisture in, so that's important. Okay, thank you. Awesome. All right, good luck. Let us know, Jim. Yeah, Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah, those are big projects, and they wa- are. If watering. you invest in that much, you know, for your trees going in, you really want every single one of them to have the best chance. Absolutely. People ask all the time, "I just planted a tree. What do I do now?" And we follow up all our landscape Water. jobs with watering schedules. If you, if you can't, if if too much fertilizer isn't in the budget, other things. Yep. Water. water. Yeah. And if, if that's even harder, you're going away, try tree gators, yep. bags you can... The drip water. Yep. Drip it's water, drip irrigation. Rain barrels, if you can get it. Yep. Get Any old way you can water. get it there, that's what's going to keep your plant really happy and healthy and get established. Absolutely. Yeah. And I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Joanna. And right now we're going to go up to the top of the board and speak with Helen. Good morning, Helen. Good morning. You got some lily beetles. Yeah, I've just discovered them in my yard. And I was just wondering, like, can you, if you sprayed with something like pure spray green, does that kill every bug, not just the lily beetle? Um, it will kill a few other bugs as well. It's not one that's a mass wipeout, but it will kill most of the harmful bugs. And that's the thing, like, when you get something like that, the lily beetle, I would almost like ambush pure spray green works. It's one that just spray when you see the bugs. Like it's mm-hmm. there's none of them that are really residuals anymore. Yeah. So it's really they're all contact spray. Well, I've only found like I've got hundreds of lilies out here, and it's mm. like I've found about half a dozen bugs so far this year, and I've killed every one of them. But like I can't be out there every day, yeah, right, wandering them. through all of these. Yeah. Did you try a little diatomaceous earth in your soil too? That might help kind of early spring. Um, yeah, it's too late now because yeah, the plants are like yeah. over a foot tall and yeah. Yeah, Maybe it's this. just you really want to keep them under control because I know, in, do you have mainly Asiatic lilies? or yes. Yeah, that's the one they love. So. Yes. 
because I didn't want to lose them all. Yeah, so really, you can do some really good cleanup, um, preventative spraying, the pure spray green, give the rose, or you can give them a spray sort of every couple of weeks sort of thing while you, when you're seeing them, and then maybe get some ambush when you're just absolutely when you do see them to give them a good blast at that point. But like you said, the beneficial bugs could be killed too. Then. Yeah, if they're in there at the time. But I, I, I always have a good look when I'm spraying. If I see ladybugs or things like that, I always try and shoo them off and mm-hmm. and uh, and then go from there with bees. And typically bees and that aren't down low on those. But if you do see them, they, they'll move if, if you give them a little tap sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Yep. So it's just being careful and, and, and respectful of um, nature and Vigilant, all that as well. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, thank Thanks. You. Good luck. Thanks. Yeah, and it's That's a it's, tough one. it's disheartening. Yeah. yeah, it's really tough, especially because nothing really replaces those Asiatic lilies. No, stand on their own. Let's go to Bernice. We can do one more here. Good morning, Bernice. Good morning. How Good morning. can we help you? Uh, I I planted garlic last fall. Yep. And uh, I got really long green on top. Yep. Like like onions. Yep. And I whipped one off with the weed whacker a few days ago, so I went ahead and pulled it out. Oh, okay. And it just looks like a skinny white onion underneath there. Yeah, it probably hasn't divided yet. So oh. um, a lot of garlic will kind of do that. It's it's still really, really early. Obviously, you know that. And then okay. um, by fall, they'll start to divide into bulbs. Oh, is that how? Yeah. Okay, in the yeah. fall. Um, well, throughout the summer, throughout the season. So being yeah. being early, it hasn't really started to go that route yet. But okay. um, yeah. I've never done it before, but if I have nothing else to grow, it's going to be garlic. Oh, well, that's, awesome. a, that's a pretty good one to start with. I think you can't <laughs> fail with garlic. It's pretty easy. All right. Just okay, watch the weed whipper. Th- thanks, Bernice. <laughs> and I did the uh, ambush. Yep. On the... Uh, Lily beetle? Orange beetles, yeah. And when they first came out, but they're not there anymore in my lilies. But awesome. I got tiger. I got tiger lilies, and I did ambush. Yeah, mm. perfect. Awesome. Well, Thank you for your time. Thanks, Bernice. Thanks for the feedback. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that's it for us. Thanks, Joanna. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to all the gardening fathers out there. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy the day. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.